Good day, listeners and viewers. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio program. We're glad that you've joined us today. My name is Jonathan. I'm here with Stephen Cervantes. How hey, are you doing Jonathan. today? Good to be here. Feeling blessed. And good, good, good. Like a part of God's kingdom and God's work. It's good. Yeah. Well, you know what? Um, I want to just dive right in because I feel like we, number one, we've got a lot to get through today. But uh, number two, I just feel like this is a great topic because we want to talk about how to make an excellent emotional Ooh, connection. Can we do it? So not just any some <laughs> random subpar emotional Average, connection. We want no. an excellent one. <laughs> so we're going to try to knock out kind of six insights and then move to six skills that will help you yeah. make an excellent emotional connection. Good. So insight number one, it has to be about God, right? Absolutely. Relationship has to be about God. Oneness is about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? We're always, you know, in, in pursuit of the Father. We're looking at Jesus as the example. And the Holy Spirit has been poured out to guide us and teach us and lead us. And so we're aware that God is at work around us. So, you know, apart from God, it's a nice thing to have a friend. But but to have a friend in God's kingdom is to practice oneness, mm-hmm. right? To become one, to become one in terms of the marriage, in terms of the church. There's one church. There's one baptism. There's one faith, right? It's There's a oneness theme through the whole Bible. And so the whole idea of being one, intimately connected, well-connected is the goal. So we also have to pray for wisdom because he says, ask me for wisdom and I'll give it to you. Yeah. Well, it just makes sense that, that God would be central to us having any kind of really excellent emotional connection with another mm-hmm. image bearer because that's just it. We're made in the image of God. So therefore, to have uh, an intimate connection with him yes. would mean that I'm going to better understand how did he design me to work in all yes. aspects, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Right. And so having that understanding and that relationship of dependence upon him is going to make a connection with others much richer because am I necessarily going to be trying to use you, manipulate you, right. you know, hurt you? No, it's like I'm, I'm wanting to reflect God to you. And so therefore there's going to be much more, uh, a much better quality connection that I could have with others. And it's consistent with design. Yeah. Right. It's consistent with how we're made and purpose and what really works. And everybody loves, I know I can't say everybody, most people love connection and community, being a part. Let's, let's have Belonging. a party. Yeah. Let, let, let's get together. Hey, we haven't done this in a while together, right? Everybody likes this connection thing because we get we get nurtured in it, right? Mm-hmm. So, so the second insight would be having an awareness that there, your relationships are designed to deepen you and to add richness and value and wonder to your life. Because would you say that the relationship that you and I have is an ever-deepening relationship yeah. and a growing relationship and, you know, those kind of you, things. Uh, um, you couldn't have possibly known this, but uh, this morning, literally just today, this morning, um, I have this I have this little journal type thing that basically it's a, it's a five-year deal. So you go through each day and each but, – but basically each day you're answering that same question on that day for five years. Uh, Does that make sense? Yeah. So guess what my question was today? Who do you aspire to be like? Guess who got on my oh my goodness. list? I said Steve Cervantes. And you know why I said that? 
because I said you were always eager to keep learning and growing. Mm. And so, yeah, I would absolutely say relationships wow. are, are are critical because they enrich our lives. So it's not just about being individually, like, right. quote, unquote, emotionally healthy. I think communally and together Amen. we enrich our lives. Right. Hey, I'm about to tear up here. Do you <laughs> understand what this rich relationship has done? He's blessed the socks off of me, right? Because I say, who do I want to be like? Who's ahead of me learning and, mm-hmm. and growing in, on a mission that's exciting, you know? So thank you yeah. for blessing me with that, Jonathan. Um, here's a big one. You have to move from fixed thinking to growth thinking. Because we're creatures of habit. We just do the same thing the same way. And whatever we set up in childhood, we just keep doing it. You know, I'm a pleaser. That's the role I pick. And Mm -hmm. so, of course, everywhere I go, I'm going to be pleasing. I want everybody pleased because it's like you like me. Then I can sort of feel loved if you like me. It's It's that fear thing that lives in us, right? But the whole idea is if I just live my whole life out of my role to be a fixer, did I really become who God wanted me to become? Mm. Did I grow into the fullness or did that small closed fixed thinking hinder me? The other thing that the other way that I think about this is we get locked into particular forms Mm. of doing things. Mm. That's kind of the closed thinking like, Hey, we've always done it this way. Why would we ever change that? And uh, I I just recently was thinking about this in terms of how, how there have been um, even churches and denominations along the way that have tried to say, we need to absolutely replicate the first century church. And I want to say we're in the 21st century. If you actually, it would, it should seem strange to anyone Uh. that the 21st century format and form and, and ways we do ministry in the church would look like first century church. It's like the mission's the same, make disciples, right? Yes. But can we be open in our thinking of like, could there be a different way to make disciples in the 21st century than there was in the first century? Oh, that's good. Yeah, because yeah. the, the, the times and the change, uh, technology, all these kinds of things are different. So I, And I think you're right. This is bigger than we realize. It's harder yes. than we realize. Because what do we come from most of the time in our growing up? There's some kind of fixed system. That's that we, right. That that we mom had, and dad had, and we were, well, dad always yeah. did this way. Mom always did it this yeah. way, and, you know. That's right. And by the way, I'll just personally say I struggle with this a lot because you don't put the dishes in the dishwasher like that. You got to put them in. <laughs> That's closed thinking, right? That's right. I used to do that. The first seven years of marriage, I tried to tell my wife how to do things until she sat up and said, stop trying to fix me, which meant make me like you. Exactly. You yeah. know, it's like, no, no, I'm me. Okay. And you're you and you do. You. Oh, God. This is really really hard yeah but and, it's critical and i think it's good that we even point out here this is why all of this in terms of uh you know being able to make an excellent emotional connection is a yeah. work in progress yes i don't want people to hear us say hey yeah. here's how to make an excellent emotional connection and like there's some sort of perfect grade out there mm. we're all in a growth process you know so tell me how this sounds open or closed this is how i am mm. People can't change. You know, I'm Irish. <laughs> Go ahead, comment, any comment. That's very close okay. thinking, yeah. There's nothing wrong with me. Well, well, I know what to do. No one can tell me what to do. I already know. You can't help me. Mm-hmm. 
What do you think? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think any type of thinking that on on its face immediately rejects the possibility of a different perspective, another way to do things, what is very closed thinking. Yes. And you know. uh and you know, I can hear people maybe pushing back on this um because I would probably be saying some of the same things of like, well, well, but wait a second, there's truth is objective and truth is absolute. And it's like, okay, yeah, that is true, right? True, something's true or false. There's no, like truth is truth. Right, but that's does more that, of a But here's the thing. Does that mean though, that the way in which that truth can manifest in life is always going to look exactly no, the same or is right. always, because, you know, think about, um, think about certain things that are, are, are true and think about how, because of your experiences, your background, right? Yeah. How your initial yeah. view of those things would not be exactly the same as no, mine. That's right. The truth is still the same out that's here, right. right? Yeah. But the way you and I might be seeing it is a little bit different. And so here's an example. If we want to love someone who's struggling, you might open your mouth and start talking. What do you mean to do? What do you mean to do? But I'm going to love that person. I'm going to be quiet. Go, tell me. I mean, that's a very different yeah. approach. Yeah. But it's the same thing, right? You love, I love. But what's the presentation? How are we going to get there? Exactly, yeah. That's good. So, you know, all my life I have this fear. What if somebody knew something, other people knew something, and I didn't know it? I lived my whole life without knowing this one thing that would have set me free and made me right. whatever big. It's like I keep looking. What's the, What do you know? What do you know? What do you know? And so the whole idea is I know what I know, but I don't know what I don't know. Yeah. And probably the change needs to come in the area of what you don't know than what you already know. And being open. That's saying, the point. I yes. don't know. You yeah, know? And that's exactly right. I, I really think that's probably one of the biggest shifts that you can see in terms of whether or not you are moving more towards being open yeah. is are you willing to you know, admit ignorance and say, I, I, there's things I don't know yeah. and I'd love yeah. to learn. Amen. So intimacy on this six-point introduction here. Intimacy. Number four, right? Or yeah, no. going into vulnerable places. Like, can I tell you about my weaknesses or my failures or my fears or my traumas? Can I say hard things to you? Mm. I've always loved that that way that sometimes uh, the word intimacy is phrased yeah. to help with this, into me, see. Yes, And yes. I think that's the idea of like, okay, there's – in in everyday life, you know, just kind of being in the marketplace and being out in the community, we all we are all um, operating behind some kind of walls, and not all of them are inappropriate. You know, it's like it's not it's not appropriate or right to for you to make a full confession of your sexual sin to the grocery clerk, right? Right, right. right. <laughs> but there's got to be some people, yeah, that can see into me fully. Because otherwise, you're not going to have a good emotional connection. You, there's going to be walls there. You're not going to really know one another, yeah, right? Right. And I think when I walk around and pray to God, I say, you know, I'm scared about the taxes coming due or, or you know, whatever. I'm my kid. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm worried about my child and the relationship they're in. Or Those are fears, right? Yeah. And we have to talk to God about them and we have to share with one another to go, go to the connected place. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think it's a good idea to see learning someone else and making a great connection as a, a quest, a vision 
to save someone else, a mission. Because if I let you tell me the ugly parts of you, one, you get them out, and two, I get to carry part of them, Mm -hmm. and three, we get to look at them. And it's just a bunch of pieces of muck inside you. Yeah. You know? It's not ongoing, unknowing. It's a matter of can we say it and can we have a safe place to talk about it? And can I help you on your mission? Yeah. So if you're taking notes at home, this is number five. Really really trying to have a new perspective on um, what is this connection about? What is this relationship is about? Is it is it merely – am I seeing you merely as like a, a necessary component of my life or just a, you know, maybe even an obstacle to what I want or just some, some, somebody that I can use? Or am I seeing this relationship as, hey, there's – there's mutual sharpening that needs to go on here. And how can I be, yes. how can I look at it as an adventure and what can we learn together and Amen. how can we explore together? And yes. it's more about that, that togetherness. And you're going to be quirky and you're going to be odd and you're going to be different. Yeah. It's going to be hard, but it's still an adventure. Mm-hmm. You know, people break up because they go, oh, you're different from me. Yeah. But if they realize, yeah, yeah, you're different from me, right? You're not me. You know, you're a guy and I'm a girl and we you had a family and I had a family and you, right? Yeah. Everything is so different and, it, and marriage is a very difficult process. And that's one. And then to, to learn each other's fears and doubts and to nurture one another. Here's the way I look at it too, is it's like, because it's a, an adventure together, how do I know that? How would I know that by pouring into your life, I might not get some kind of great insight right. or growth? So it's not it's not like I don't think there's a a negative outcome when you're really seeking to both pursue one another with this idea of adventure. Like, hey, what can we learn together? In other words, I think it's a net positive mm. that results from that, not a negative. Okay. So the sixth one the ultimate way to honor God, the Heavenly Father, is to be one, right? That's the mm-hmm. three are one, Father, Son, and Spirit. And you and me and God are one, Yeah. right? And this whole theme of oneness is big in terms of connection. Remember, as children, we don't know where we belong, and we don't know if we're worthy or if we're good. We're, we're trying to find identity and a place to belong and... And the whole idea of being one is the answer to that. Yeah. Well, and, and another way to put this is we're called to to have unity. Now, unity does not mean uniformity. Right. And so I think, yeah. uh, in fact, the, the the actual definition of university is unity in diversity. So universities were originally meant to be a place where all these diverse views and diverse people uh, and uh, could come together and say, but you know what? We've got a common learning objective here. Yeah. And what if we looked at our relationships that way? Like, hey, you know, let's let's have our own little university here. Let's figure out how can we bring all of our differences together yes. but still seek to have a, a single objective of oneness. Like we want to be yeah, one. one. That's good. So what are the skills now? Skill number one is we practice uh, oneness with God first, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm a child of God, made by God for a relationship with God, and, and you know they call their fathers in Israel Abba, Right. 
And to hear a little Jewish boy turn to his father, Abba, Abba, and to know that our Heavenly Father is our Abba, mm-hmm. and to have that kind of relationship, I want to tell you what's going on. Even if I messed up, I want to come in your presence and say, man, I messed up bad. This was stupid what I did. But I know you'll never forsake me or abandon me. Yeah, and I think the way I would even construct this into even more, maybe a more defined, quote unquote, skill is um, prayer and communion and worship. Mm. Like, in, in order to really, I think, build oneness with God, I mean, there's part of it that we're just given, right? I mean, when we trust in Christ, he says his spirit enters us and we are one with him. So there's a reality of the relationship in terms of being adopted and immediately there's no there's no way you could be more adopted. Right. But in terms of what we're talking about, emotional connection, right? We're talking about an intimacy, not just of a status of relationship, but of an experience of relationship. And so I think when you when you um when you will spend time praying, when you'll spend time mm, communing, right. like you said, taking those walks, when we spend time worshiping God, those are very practical things that we can get better at, which I think will only enhance that experience of oneness with God. That's good. So the whole idea of talking and have good talking skills, you know, there are people that talk too much. <laughs> and I mean, they will take the whole time, tell the stories and go on and on talking. And then there are people that don't talk. They just say yeah. two words or grunt. They just don't talk. Yeah. You got to have at least average talking skills, right? To have a good connection. You yeah. can't not talk and you can't own the whole time with your talking. There has to be a rhythm of talking. And so check yourself because some people get nervous and scared and so they keep talking and talking. And how do we learn each other? If you're going to talk the whole time and I'm going to be quiet the whole time. Yeah. And and so one of the things I would say for the, for the talkers out there is go on a, um, uh, go on a listening tour. Mm-hmm, like good. think of all of your friends, your, you know, your spouse, your relationships, your kids, whatever. And just say, you know what, for the next week, mm. I want to make it a listening tour. You know, I know I'm a talker. I know that I tend to dominate. That's maybe you'll good. even be willing to confess to yourself and to God, maybe to some others that the reason you talk is because you don't want to listen because you're afraid of that empty space. You're afraid mm-hmm. of not being in control or whatever. For the ones who are not talkers, um, I would say it's it's important to um, go on a go on a question tour. Oh, that's good. In other words, say, "Hey, I want to go ask some questions of yeah, some people." And ask three questions with every time what, you encounter you ask some questions. And what will happen is what you want to do is you want to ask the questions and then and then just get into a dialogue there. So try to try to do reflective listening, do, you know, but, but use your voice. So sometimes just asking questions mm-hmm. is going to get you out to where you're, because yes. a lot of times the ones that don't talk, they're just waiting for somebody to ask them something instead of initiating a conversation by asking questions themselves. You know, what's interesting is lots of people say men don't talk, men aren't open. It's like we do these gateway to freedom weekends and everybody's ready to talk. Yeah. They've got something to say. They just want a safe place and they want to know that another guy is not going to judge him or criticize him. And exactly. If they're a little sloppy or messy, that's okay. We're in a perfect imperfection is working with imperfection. You know? Yeah. So the next one, number skill, three, skill three would be, the emotional talking skills. So talking is two, but emotional talking. 
in this whole idea, did you hear your parents use emotional language in their relationship and talk? And we're talking about, I'm sad, I'm mad, I'm hurt, I'm fearful. All the, all the I feels. Uh, yeah, yeah, I hope, and I, I don't want to be disappointed. And did they work? Did they use emotional language to work through stuff? Mm. Um, and so did you hear emotional language? Because if you didn't hear it, see, if you heard it, you can use it. Yeah. But if you didn't hear emotional language, you only heard behavior, sweep the floor, take out the dog, you know, clean the refrigerator, behavior, behavior, then we don't, we're not skilled at the emotional language level. This may be the biggest one, at least for me personally, because I mean, I'm still on a, uh, I'm still in the remedial class mm. uh, for for the emotional talk because this was not part of my history, uh, you know, in terms of growing up or anything, um, and it's certainly not natural to me. Mm. I'm not an emotional talker. Interestingly enough, my wife will say, "But I'm a really emotional guy." Uh, so no, that's like, good. That's the excellent point. You have all the emotions. But if the language, but I don't necessarily know trained, always how to talk about it. Yeah. yeah, if you didn't hear the language, practice the language, watch the language. We don't know. This is a huge blind spot in people, and it can be. It can also be a huge frustration, because for those of us who, yeah, maybe we, maybe we even sense that we feel more than the, the average person. Yeah. But to not have the language, That's it. you sort of feel frustrated and trapped, and and. You know, I got to figure this out on my own, I guess. I got to just handle these emotions by myself. Well, and I don't want to be stupid or sound odd or quirky, right? right? So you don't go because it's like speaking a language you don't know. You're going to stumble and mutter and sputter and all that stuff, right? Because how do we learn? We're bad until we get better. So this is another one of those areas where let's say you know that you have that history and skill and, and you've got more language around your emotions uh, it's really important, I think, that you be invitational and warm and empathetic and compassionate to those who do not have that same kind of language. Because I think you could be a huge asset to your friends and your loved ones who maybe, like me, struggle with, I have a lot of emotion, but don't always know how to express it in words. You may be able to help build a bridge for them yes. to be able to have those conversations. And be slow and patient and kind and start and, and then small for the, and then for the ones of of you out there like me who okay we're we're more ignorant regarding the emotional talking skills and things like that um pick one to two of your friends or loved ones that you ha- that they've already proven to be a safe person for you mm-hmm. and then yes. be bold just try to pick one emotion this week and just say okay i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to share Whatever that is. It doesn't have to be something super scary or majorly deep, but just like, I want to learn how to speak this out to that person. Amen. That's good. So skill four, and maybe this should have been at the beginning because it's a vision, but a vision of the wonder of oneness to be known Two people learning each other. One falls down, the other picks them up. One's in a hurry. The other one slows them down. You know, yeah. as you say this, in a previous uh, program that we did, we talked about fantasy, right? Yeah. The, the imaginative abilities that God has given us being made in his image. This is a hugely positive way to use those imaginative abilities. Yes. What would it look like for you to imagine, like have a vision, just just create even in your mind 
um, the beauty, the wonder, the bigness, the majesty of like going on an adventure together with somebody else and, and the oneness that that creates. Maybe, you know, one thing that might help you with this is um, maybe there's some, some uh, classic, uh, if I can put it this way, sort of the fantasy genre of movies that are really good. Yeah. You know, think of like some of Lord of the Rings type stuff or something like that. Okay. What would it be like if you, and maybe you don't need to take like a seven hour movie to, you know, do this, but <laughs> if you had a movie like that and said, I want to, I want to, I want to take this person that I love and, and let's go watch that and kind of use that as a, as a launching pad for kind of having a vision of what would it look like for us to go on an adventure? What would it look like for us to, yeah. So use some of those types of maybe, um, that's good tools that are out there. Good. So I'm going to jump to five growth. Um, this growth mission will require discomfort and some anxiousness and some uncertainty and even pain, right? So that when we have a vision first and we, we prep, this is going to be difficult. It, it's going to be rough. We're going to be triggered. We're going to feel things. If our language is weak, we've got to try to say with language we're not very good at. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be awkward. But if we could just take one step, which you said, just do one thing and de- determine to move forward because it's so God-honoring that that even the pain will not stop me on this vision. You know, as, as I see this one, thinking about this as a skill, you know, this idea that there's going to be discomfort, there yeah. could be some anxiety, those types of things. It makes me think of, um, I've had several guys over the years that they, they, they really got it about recovery. And mm-hmm. and they stated it this way. They said, I realized at some point in my recovery that if I'm actually going to see transformation in my life, I have to choose to do hard things. Yes, that's good. And I love the way they state that. Like yes. one guy in particular yes. for a long time, he, he lived all the way on the other side of town. It's like a 50, 45, 50 minute drive one way to the group that I lead on Tuesday nights. And he would drive all this way, even though we had another group like five minutes from his house over there. And I said, you know, hey, there's a group over there. He said, I know. But he said, I wanted to make myself do something that was inconvenient uh, because I want to practice doing hard things uh, so that I don't think that this journey of transformation is going to be easy. Uh, and I think the great. same is true here. Like if you want an excellent emotional connection, yes. you want to build a bond, yeah. you're going to have to do some hard things. You're going to have to have some hard conversations. You're going to have to just be willing to do hard things. I'm reading this book. Have have you seen it? Three Kings. Huh. So I can only half recommend it because I only read the first half. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right in the middle of it. But he talks about Saul and David. Mm. And David's playing the harp. And then Saul decides to throw a spear at him. Yeah. You know? And, and he says, what would we do back? We'd pick up the spear and throw it back. Uh, yeah. But David just said, no, this must be God's plan for me. I'm anointed. Right? And the king is anointed and he wants to throw a spear at me. Okay. I won't throw it back. Yeah. And then we see David running in the caves and hiding and looking for food, right? This is painful. Mm. But he decides to stay on mission. He's going to be a king. He's not going to be reactionary, get even, take out God. Right? He let he left him there. He said, it's God's job. My job is to manage my pain. Yeah. And so I can be what I'm supposed to be. 
And I thought, I've never seen that story that way. Oh, that's good, yeah. And I thought, wow, we, we're going to be called into some pain we don't like. Mm-hmm. But if we're going to be who he made us to be, we're going to get through that pain. Yeah. So I thought so that number was a six, good example. Six, what's the last skill? Uh, well, you set out a long journey, a long vision, and never quit. It might take years of refining and development. And you'll get resistance, and you'll want to quit. But if you have a long vision that says, no, this is my vision. This is my quest. Oneness with this woman. This is my challenge. And sometimes it feels like spears are being thrown at me. (laughs) And I want to throw one back. Yeah. But really refinement is going on. And the way I would even uh, maybe uh, articulate this as a skill is, am am I growing the skill of surrendering outcomes to God? Like, I want to go on a long vision. I'm going to choose to do what I can do yeah. to build and and grow an excellent emotional connection. Yes. But I can't control this other person. So I need to have a long vision. Yep. And I need to be willing to surrender whatever the outcomes are to God. And I think, I think if we do these things, if we kind of capture these insights and we really start engaging these skills, I think, yeah, certainly we can grow strong emotional connections but don't you think also at the end of the day, we become an individual full of character, right. full of Christ-likeness? Christ-likeness, so, yes. So there's a, it's a win-win, in yes. my view, to, to do these things. So we hope, Good. listeners, that you've, uh, you agree that this is a win-win, even though some of these things are, are hard concepts, they're hard things to do. Uh, but they're right. They're good. They produce good in our lives Amen. and in our relationships. So if you yeah. would like some additional help along your own journey in your relationships, please reach out to us and we'd love to walk alongside you. Amen. Thanks for being here. And we'll see you back here next time on the Pure Sex Radio program. God bless. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.